Welcome to Building Stronger Communities, a presentation of MRB Group and our Smarter Local Gov team. MRB Group has been supporting local governments for nearly a century with engineering, architecture, and infrastructure development. And our Smarter Local Gov team has been designed to tackle community development and management challenges facing our local government partners. This podcast features conversations with professionals and community leaders sharing stories, information, and resources that come from a municipal knowledge base that's 100 years in the making. From the James R. Gresson studio in the historic Culver Road Armory, this is Building Stronger Communities. Okay, everybody, welcome to what I've termed as a very special edition of Building Stronger Communities. This is your opportunity as a listener and, and hopefully as a uh, as a community leader uh, to, to open up the hood here at Smarter Local Gov and MRB group and uh, learn a little bit about who we've got at the table with us and um, and how we might be able to support your community or uh, or communities that you also work with. So today what we have here are the subject matter expertise leaders, the practice leaders, discipline leaders uh, of the, the Smarter Local Gov group. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar, MRB group uh, has launched this Smarter Local Gov initiative, which is uh, a real practitioner-based uh uh, multi-discipline set of uh, of subject matter experts who really are skilled and experienced in just about anything you can think of that's happening. City hall, town hall, county offices. Uh, we've likely got someone who uh, who has either done it uh, directly uh, for a municipality as a as a municipal employee, or has spent a significant amount of their career advising municipalities. Uh, we've got them on both sides of the fence on the on the appointed leadership side, the um, you know the the local government uh, administrative type practitioners. We've got elected uh, former elected officials. Um, so we've got uh, we've got the whole bailiwick here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Horn. I'm the director of local government services and the Smarter Local Gov initiative at MRB Group. I've got just um, just a hair over 20 years of uh, of local government experience working mostly directly for municipalities as a city manager, assistant city manager, community developer, uh, and uh, and have spent the last few years helping to shape this uh, this smarter local gov initiative here at MRB Group. And I'm joined today uh, by a couple of world class experts in their fields and. I'm going to let them introduce themselves uh, with a little bit about uh, how long they've been at MRB Group, what they did in their prior lives, and uh, and what they're doing here at the firm. So we'll start with the Director of Southeast Operations, Heather Simmons-Jones. And uh, Heather, so why don't you give us a quick introduction? Sure. Thanks, Matt. Um, so again, yeah, I'm Heather Simmons-Jones. And I am um, leading the Southeast operations, which essentially means that I am making sure that everyone in South Carolina and the Southeast know about MRB Group, our brand, and the opportunity to work with us in the Smarter Local Gov initiative. Um, from our um, public sector clients, where I'm uh, working with them on economic development, retain municipal services and HR matters um, on to our private sector clients where I'm um, serving as client manager. So after about 23 years in the 
public sector serving as a county administrator and an economic development director. Um, I decided to join the ranks of the private sector and I have been with MRB Group now for about a year and a half. Awesome. Uh, Michael Andolo is our director of economic development. Michael, why don't you walk us through the history of uh, of Indolo INC? Thanks, Matt. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the title says it all. Says it all. Director of economic development. I've been in economic development consulting and economic development services for about 20 years now and been with MRB Group for about two and a half, not too far away from that, um, almost three. And um, what I do for the firm is to develop the economic development service line from strategic planning to market analysis, financial analysis. Uh, we do things like economic and fiscal impact, cost-benefit analysis. And then we help with a whole hodgepodge of other things from tax credit programs to development reviews to brownfield redevelopment, anything that touches uh, the words economic development and associated fields is what we try to get done. And our, our staff has a wide variety of skills that we're able to bring to bear for mostly municipal clients, but we also advise private sector clients, developers, and businesses. Awesome. And um, Lance Braben is our director of planning board and environmental services. And Lance is by all accounts, uh, a veteran quarterback here at MRB group. Lance most certainly has a, uh, has a longer tenure than the three of us. And I think then the three of us actually put together uh, Lance, what's your backstory here, buddy? Uh, sure. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I am, I'm Lance Brabant. I've been with uh, MRB Group my entire professional career, which has been about 17 years now. Uh, for that full 17 years, I've been working mainly uh, on the municipal side doing planning board and zoning board uh, services. Uh, we have since then branched out and now not only focusing on planning board and zoning board activities and municipal board activities, but um, assisting them through the reviews of local projects that are going on, uh, review processes, uh, planning board procedures, code updates, and those things, but also completing uh, environmental reviews known as Seeker, uh, both for our project, MRB projects, private stuff, and then also local municipality projects. So um, yeah, that's pretty much what we've been involved with on this side and our team uh, has been focusing on that effort. And uh, we have about 35 to 45 uh, planning board clients that we're currently dealing with. So that's that. And that's great. Well, Lance, I want to, I want to start in your shop because it's uh, you know, fr from my perspective uh, in terms of things that happen in local government, village hall, town hall, city hall, every single day, this development review function is uh, is something that every every local government has to deal with, most often by statute. And um, and the thing I love about Lance's approach and, and MRB Group's capacity here is that uh, you know Lance, I tell people you know, our clients are kind of in two buckets, right? The we have uh, uh, the teeny tiny little places, and in, in upstate New York, uh, I always think about a little place like Trumansburg. Um, but certainly we deal in, in communities as smaller, much smaller than that even. And these are the places that get like, you know, one or two projects a year. Uh, and maybe they might go a year without getting a project. Uh, but when that project comes across, they're, they're saddled with the same review criteria, the same, uh, the same technical demands as a community that deals with this every single day. So rather than paying uh, a planner or development reviewer 
to sit and wait and, and wonder when a project is going to come in, they kind of have MRB group at the ready. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. We, uh, we're there. I think, I think the benefit is due to our size and all the professionals that we have in our office, the ability is, is that they reach out to us whenever they feel or need a project come in where maybe they just want some assistance and, and a better understanding of what that review process should look like maybe what the criteria is, maybe it's a code review, maybe it's a building review type thing or an environmental review, as I referenced earlier. The ability here is that we have all these professionals, both from the engineering, architectural, and, and the planning side that whatever the question is, we can provide an answer for it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's, and uh, the the secret sauce here or the the uh, interesting thing from my perspective is that in, in every case that we can help, uh, we try to find a way to make somebody else pay for it, right? Uh, for the on be, uh, for the community, so that the community is not having to come out of pocket on these reviews. Lance and his team help communities shape their local codes to say that when expertise is required to manage your project or to get your project uh, through the development review process, that the developer, the investor themselves, are going to have to pay for that, to pay for that effort, so that the municipalities get this on-demand service level with experts like Lance and his team uh, and uh, without, without it having to tap their bottom line. That, that's something I, I think is, is uh, very interesting. I also want to think about the other bucket of clients. And this is one that excites, excites me as well, because, you know, we've, we've been watching projects like, uh, you know, the one that shows up in all the newspapers or projects like Amazon HQ3 or the Samsung, you know, chip fab plant down in Texas. Uh, and these are, and particularly the one in Texas where we're following, uh, this is one where they're going to, they're going to take this huge investment, millions of square feet of office space and or of manufacturing space, I should say, and drop it on this community that, uh, that, basically hasn't seen this scale of development, virtually no community in the country has seen this scale of development um, over the in recent memory. They haven't built out their development infrastructure, which is to say folks like Lance and his team to be ready to support uh, something like like Samsung or, or like Amazon. Uh, and uh, and if they did that, if they went all the way in on something like that, then when Samsung's done developing, they're left with uh, with all of this review talent that hopefully Samsung will spur. If you ask Michael and his team, Samsung's going to spur a bunch more projects, but uh, but maybe, maybe not. Right. And it's, it's a heck of a risk. Um, so we don't we, we haven't dealt with a Samsung or an Amazon HQ today, but I, I think about, um, you know, on a more manageable scale, someplace like Farmington, uh, which is I know where Lance, where you spend a, a lot of your time. Uh, Farmington is one of those communities, a suburb of Rochester, um, long time agricultural farming community that overnight the real estate community found and they say we can't we can't develop close into rochester anymore these outer ring suburbs are starting to get built out and farmington uh, is sitting there turns out that this aligns with the community's vision for growth Um, but again uh, you know some conservative leadership i think appropriately so says hey i'm not going to go out and invest in this full development review horsepower uh, and and hope that this development sustains. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip a toe here uh, and and have MRB group group step up. So Lance's, how, how does your approach vary from a from a Trumansburg where you know you you come when they call to a place like Farmington that's doing you know a subdivision every couple of months? So places like Farmington where they have development occurring all you know, every day, all day, five applications at a time. Uh, you know, typically what we find is that their procedures are a little bit more in depth. Um, 
they have some protocols that they've established uh, to help not only us as outside reviewers, but also to help the applicant get through the process at an expedited rate as fast as they can uh, while meeting the criteria. And what we're finding is that a lot of those communities have procedures like a PRC meeting um, or uh, a pre-application meeting where the developer or the contractor are able to come in, speak to the municipality ahead of time uh, to make sure that they have the information needed in order to get to a planning board meeting to, to get their process going and as, and as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. Whereas some of these other communities that are a little bit smaller that don't get applications quite as often, uh, you know, a lot of the review that gets done is mainly a by the county because they don't have the staff members to do the review and they refer to the county to get that input or be the planning board or CBA, whoever the application is before is, re is required to do basically all the, the pre-application review. So what we find out is that those type of places, typically an application from start to finish might be a little bit longer through the gauntlet than a place like Farmington, even though Farmington's got more or bigger places like that, they just have the staff and the protocol set up at, in advance of the, the meetings to handle some of that that, that pre-review stuff that, that typically slows down a project. Yeah, and what we like to think about, you know, at, at Smarter Local Gov is wherever you're sitting on the spectrum as a community, if you're a relatively you know, straightforward, kind of simpler, uh, simpler organization, we can, we can set up some real basic infrastructure that, um, that can make your lives easier all the way up to a place like Farmington, which is kind of firing on all cylinders, like you said, all day, every day, multiple applications, we can level you up by streamlining the process. And, and Lance and his team, or at least a couple of members of it, end up almost embedded um, in, uh, in Farmington as their de facto planning department or a big chunk of it. And so, and Lance, so Lance, you know, as a, as somebody who's spent his whole career in an engineering firm, you know, you, uh, you, you've, you've lived your life in a relatively risk averse environment. You, you, you're paid to have the right answer. It affects, affects a whole community. Um, for someone who's, who's as risk averse as that, how do you manage to continue to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It defies modern logic. Uh, and when do you think that the NFL will disaffiliate the NFC East? <laughs> so I believe everybody deep down inside is a Dallas Cowboy fan. That's the term <laughs> America's team. So I, I don't think that's ever going to happen where we get rid of them. I mean, that's everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, hearts and minds. I get it. I get it. So Heather, We'll roll over to you. Speaking of Cowboys and Cowboy fans, um, Heather and I met when she was in her her economic development mode. Uh, she and I both served in a in a little community in in the low country of South Carolina. Um, and Heather was the county's economic development point person. Um, and so we, we, uh, th think the magic of social media, you know, we all moved on and went and did, we were young professionals at the time. We still are, um, uh, we went and moved on, uh, followed our own career paths and, and we, we ended up at a, at a social media crossroads. So in the ensuing time between, uh, our last engagement and our current engagement, um, Heather, 
developed a whole bunch more skills uh, inside of economic development and then beyond economic development. The one that that I uh, that I think is most interesting to me is is this organizational development um, skill set that you have, Heather, and uh, in transitioning or or augmenting the work you did to attract community or to attract investors to communities, to attract firms to communities, you then were able to turn and uh, and support the firms themselves and say, you know, here's here's what an org chart really needs to look like. Here's what job description should really look like in your environment. Can you talk a little bit about how you made that leap from from economic and community development into uh, organizational culture? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, you know, one of the things when I was in the recruiting process that I often heard was, you know, people, 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 and it's all about people. So regardless of what industries we would be trying to recruit, there was always that human element that really at the at the core was um, usually high on their list of, of A, risks, and then B, reward. And so um, I decided to go back as a um, uh, seasoned adult to grad school and got a graduate degree from Clemson University in human resource uh, development. So that Shameless was SEC plug there. Uh, ACC, ACC, yes. Oh, ACC plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, anyway, that was kind of the formal um, transition. The the way that it played out, though, was, you know, being able to to work with organizations on their startup. So whether that's um, bylaw creation, getting registered with Secretary of State's office for an LLC, um, board creation, um, cadence of meetings, setting up committees, um, an investment strategy for public-private partnerships, all those sorts of elemental pieces. I really enjoyed it, and I found out that regardless of industry, whether that's a you know an NGO, a non-governmental organization, or um, a county function or whatever, there's always those elements of need around HR. So with our clients today um, for MRB Group, you know, I can go in and um, help a company or help a, a client community with like what you said, you know, do an audit of their HR functions, um, survey their employees. I can help them find a, um, an executive, uh, fill a role, um, work on culture, um, you know, help them get an organization stood up. Um, Back, you know, after you and I worked together, Matt, I went back and helped um, the town of Bluffton and they, I was helping them do some economic development work and they decided they wanted a um, a development corporation. So I worked with the mayor and with the town manager to create a development corporation as a vehicle for them to be able to take down property. And um, so, you know, it takes all different shapes and fashions, but at the end of the day, every organization has people and it's such an important piece of it that um, developing people and developing organizations with a, a, um, a human resource kind of focus is, um, is always going to be something where people need you. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, what, what I'm starting to find, we're going through kind of our uh, what I would call our first generation of, of comprehensive plans. So 
our team uh, have, you know, we've all got obviously decades and decades of experience, but as a unit, we're a relatively new group. And, uh, and that comprehensive planning process takes about a year. And, uh, and so about, you know, six or eight months into our time together, we, we started to pick up some of this, this comprehensive planning work, this strategic planning work for, for municipalities. And so as we worked our way through that process and got to the end, um, in these, in, in what I would term as a really diverse set of communities, uh, the same question bubbled up and it goes right back to what Heather's talking about. The, the, the question bubbles up, what are we going to do with this? You know, how are we going to, how are we going to turn these plans into action? Uh, and what, thankfully, uh, because we are local government practitioners, as we, as we walked through that planning process, we were asking ourselves that question, who in the organization is going to be most suited to doing this, who in the community can be most suited to doing this. And so what we'll start to see at the end of these uh, at the end of these comprehensive planning uh, efforts is, you know, to be able to tap someone like Heather, uh, who who's you know, got this strong background in how we reorient an organization towards its priorities. There's an old adage. It might be Peter Drucker. I can't remember, but it's like what gets paid attention to gets done, what gets measured gets done. And so uh, if, you know, if we, if we develop these plans without an eye for who's supposed to be paying attention to this, whose responsibility is it to do this? And is the organization structure appropriately to, to achieve the goals that have been set forward? Um, it's going to take, it's going to take that, that leadership. But I think even, you know, even on a more tactical day to day to day to day thing, uh, you know, scenario, most often we find when we're not getting the performance we're looking for out of a particular employee, out of a particular organization, if we're not, if we're not achieving our goals, it almost always, as Heather points out, comes back to that HR function. Does the job description read the way it should read? Are performance evaluations being done? Do we, do we, um, do we value employee performance in our, in our you know, organizational ideals and our organizational culture? So um, I think whether it's a big, big, big planning process, whether it is Samsung or Amazon HQ, again, uh, or, or whether it's, you know, a, a, a five or six person village hall, uh, so, you know, an, that organizational aspect is going to be critical. And Heather, I, I, you know, I, I guess the other thing I think about is, you know, and when we go into communities like this, we're really working not to alienate uh, any particular segment of the community. So um, in South Carolina, it becomes you can very quickly upset an entire town by showing up with a with a Clemson decal. Um, and how do you how do you reassure the Gamecock fans that uh, the, the communities that are rooted in that Gamecock tradition that you're going to pay you know, the right amount of, of attention and give the right advice to those folks. Well, they know that they need extra attention and extra help. So if they're, if they're, if Man, they're I walked right into that door. Yeah. yeah. So if they're Gamecock fans, they're going to get twice as much hand holding as the Clemson fans. Ooh, that's tough. It's a tough room in here, man, between the Cowboys and the, and uh, the Tigers. I don't know. Uh, Michael, I, I say this a lot. I say this in, uh, in in a lot of these interviews. You know, economic development. Uh, it's it's something that I'm passionate about. Something that I've had uh, I've enjoyed working in, in in just about every job I've worked in. Um, uh, but it's also one of those things that 
if I ask 10 people what economic development is, they're going to give me 10 different answers. Right. And, and so I think similarly inside of your shop, there's, there are, there are four or five people doing 10 or 20 different things. Um, what do you, what do you see as, uh, as some of the most critical services that you're delivering to municipalities today? Well, I can, I can go through the litany of the technical type of analyses that we do, the science part of economic development, but following closely on the heels of, of your conversation with Heather just a minute ago, uh, I love the concept of economic development psychotherapy, yeah, <laughs> which is what we sort of kind of uh, jokingly call it, which is, you know, ultimately, it's about helping a community figure out what it wants and figure out how to get there. And sometimes that's how to get out of your own way, right? And so I love on the strategic planning side, uh, really having the opportunity to talk deeply with communities about what they want. I mean, everyone's going to say initially the first thing, you know, they, they want another grocery store. They want a big employer that pays, you know, six figure wages, the, you know, so on and so forth like that. But then, you know, you, you get just even one layer deeper and some communities are all about quality of place. That's what they're all about. Some, some communities, they're all about how do we get more tax base and jobs? And then I would say on the flip side of the ones, it's the fears, right? In some communities, the fears are, you know, can we really invest in a new industry or is that one going to also go belly up, right? And we'll be back right where we were 20 years from now. Uh, and other fears such as they're going to run out of money or they're going to, you know, they're going to cause a disturbance based on state politics or something like that. So I love walking communities through that. Um, on the more minute level, project to project, I also love being able to help a community take really a very complex world. I, one of the things I always say is, you know, like town leaders and village leaders and city leaders, you know, today are basically required to have human resource expertise, financial expertise, management expertise, governance expertise and legal expertise. It's a complex world for these guys to navigate. And I really feel like, especially for the part-timer or the occasional elected official, that kind of thing, that, um, that really what they need is someone like us to help translate the complexity and say, well, here's what you actually need to know. Or if we combine all the economics and market and legal and political-based stuff, what, what does that distill down to? So at the core, that's what I think of as my job right? How do I get a decision maker in the right mind frame with the right information that they need to cut through all that noise and make a good decision that moves their community forward? And that, then there's all the science part of it, the, you know, the looking deep into data and doing projection, financial projections and looking at indirect inputs, you know, impacts on the economic side. But that to me, that to me is more the science part of it. The art part of it is about people. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the challenges that face that face local government over and over and over again, they're trying to solve for the wrong problem. Right. So, um, you know, a community that's crying jobs, 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 equal economic development. Then you say, okay, great. What's your labor force look like? Well, okay. Uh, what's your unemployment rate? Well, my unemployment rates, 3%. Well, then you don't have a jobs problem, right? So why were you looking for the jobs? Well, because nobody lives here. Okay. Well, then you're actually looking for residents or we don't have enough revenue. Okay. We were actually looking for revenue. So if you're, you know, if you're out there banging the drum saying, I, I you know, we need jobs, jobs, jobs. And you now, you know, to go one level deep into solutions, you incentivize for jobs when you have a revenue problem 
then you didn't solve your problem. You got more people who may or may not live here because your tax rate has to be higher because you can't get the revenue you need off of the property tax. And there's this weird cycle that bangs around. And so, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's critically important for people to think to, to start from that premise. Like what problem is it that you're trying to solve? And, mm-hmm. and Michael does a great job, I think, at cutting to that. And just, uh, and that's something that to your point, Michael, every mayor needs to know. Every supervisor needs to know, hey, I need an economic development strategy. Awesome. What problem are you trying to solve or what Mm. opportunity are you trying to create here? And so, you know, and I and Michael is fortunate to uh, to work in one of the most beautiful communities in upstate New York. He's got a gorgeous office in downtown Saratoga Springs. It wasn't always so gorgeous. He at one point he 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 had to work out of a out of a little uh, one room uh, co-work space where uh, where he was where he got MRB Group started uh, in in Saratoga Springs. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't dig a little bit at, uh, in the Saratoga Springs office, there were originally two employees and Michael was not able to bring both employees to bear. So Michael, I know this is a, this is an on the spot question and, and I know it probably tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, but I I need to know who killed the goldfish. What, what (laughs) who killed the goldfish? And what was that goldfish's name? Do you even remember? It was my friend. His daughter, it was his, it was her goldfish and they were leaving to move to California and they couldn't bear, they couldn't bring it with them. And I was there to, I was there to take great good care of the goldfish and it only made it about three months before. (laughs) Probably a pre-existing condition. To be fair, probably a pre-existing condition, right? I'd like to believe it was that. Yes. (laughs) Very good. All right. So we're going to move into just a real quick lightning round here. And I have one question that I'm going to ask the three of you. And I want you to jump right out with the answer. I don't want you to put much thought into it at all. Just go with your gut, your limbic response here. I'm looking for your limbic response. Um, so Lance, we're going to start with you. Make sure you're off mute. Lance, what is the one thing you know right now is in your refrigerator? Beer. Good answer. Heather. <laughs> Topo Chico. One, one day I'll find out what that is. Michael. I just bought a small carton of soy creamer for my coffee. <laughs> Lance, How exciting. <laughs> soy creamer. All right. Well, folks, it does not get any more. There's nothing more climactic for a podcast to rest on than soy creamer. So I don't think we can, I don't think we'll ever top that. You know, I, uh, the main thrust of this, uh, of this conversation was to kind of showcase, I think, what is a really diverse um, skill set. Uh, among uh, among the smarter local gov team, uh, you know, I'll say it again, and I'll say it a lot that um, that every uh, every community deserves uh, to to have expertise at their fingertips that can move them to the next level, that can help them address the most pressing challenges in their community. It doesn't have to be a million dollar engagement. It doesn't have to be any engagement at all. We certainly uh, welcome the opportunity to just chat and and uh, understand more about the communities we serve or the communities that we'd like to serve. So um, if, you, uh, if you just run across a, a really gnarly problem, whether it's on the economic development side, the organizational side, the planning and development side, uh, grants, finance, administration, you name it, um, and we have someone who can support you in it. So uh, I want to say thanks to the panel today. Uh, we've really enjoyed hearing your stories, and I think our communities benefit tremendously from your expertise and your effort.
Building Stronger Communities is a collaboration between MRB Group and FingerLakesOne.com. To learn more, visit www.smarterlocalgov.com and check out archived episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Look for links to all those locations in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.